Well, thanks, Steve, for leading that song, them songs. Uh, very uplifting, uh, encouraging. This morning I got up and um, the song going through my head was Till the Storm Passes By. And I thought, well, that would be a good sermon. So who knows when that will take place, but it may take place sooner than you think. I have uh, been mentioning over the course of the last several weeks and months that... Uh, the only thing that's going to change this world is the Gospel of Christ. The teachings of Jesus Christ are so unique that to follow them, the world would have to be a better place. And as individuals, we would certainly be better people. And so if you have your Bible this morning, if you would, turn to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. And that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. We're going to take a fresh look at it, and hopefully we'll be reminded of some things that we are to do. In the old Soviet Union, I've read that they had very few laws that, about factories and polluting water. And that was for good reason, because they only had one law that they needed. And that law stated that if a factory was going to use water and put it back into a river or a lake, or a river or stream, whatever, the intake for that factory had to be below where the water went in. So let me say that again to make sure you understand. The water that they used had to be upriver. And as it passed by the factory, it would be sucked back into the factory to be used. That meant that if they put chemicals, pollution, whatever in the water that it was going to be sucked back into their factory and used by them. Well, I would imagine that that would stop a lot of people from polluting, a lot of companies from polluting if they knew that they were going to have to use the water that they were polluting. What would happen to us if we knew that everything in our life that we put out the words that we say, the deeds that we do, the things that we fail to do, we're going to come back and haunt us. We kind of have a saying that what goes around comes around. Meaning that when you disrespect someone, usually you're going to pay a price. Well, that's not a law. And certainly that does not happen all the time. And so we need to understand that God tells us how we are to conduct our lives. And what if we knew that every careless word or deed would be returned to us almost immediately? Do you think that that would change the way that we act? Jesus gives us a positive vision of this rule to help us to act properly. He encourages us to make sure that what we give out, what we say, what we do to other people would be okay if it came back to us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, Therefore all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do you even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This morning I would like for us to look at that passage of Scripture 
and examine some of the words that are in there to remind us of the importance of our doing what Jesus tells us that we need to do. It's called the Golden Rule. And it's very popular. In fact, it is called the Golden Rule because a Roman emperor, Alexander Servius, had this saying of Jesus engraved on a wall in gold. He loved this saying and he used it everywhere and declared it to be a good rule for all men to follow. And if you look and read about some of the things that he did, it did cause him to prosper in his reign. But sometimes we think we know something so well that we don't really look at it. We've heard that rule over and over and over. Most of us in this room could probably quote it from memory. But sometimes we hear it so much that we just kind of take it for granted. And so open your Bibles if you haven't already, and I want to ask you to open your minds. Open your hearts to what God's Word tells us. Because no matter how long we've been a Christian, or how many times we've heard this golden rule, let's look at it again this morning and try to see something new. We'll start by looking at a few key words in that passage of Scripture. The first one is therefore. And when you see that word therefore, I guess a good question to ask when you see it in Scripture is, what's it there for? And when you look in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus has a lot of things to say. We start off with the Beatitudes, and then He starts to tell us about how we should conduct our lives. He talks about telling us that we are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And by making that statement, He's telling us that we are different from the world, that we are to be something that is good, a good influence on our world that we live in. And then we can see other things that He tells us that we need to do or not do in our conduct of life. We need to control our hearts and the things that go in. We need to be careful about what we judge about. We need to be talking about going that second mile and doing those things that Jesus is telling us. And so when we get to verse 12 of chapter 7, we see the conclusion starting of the Sermon on the Mount. And after making all of those statements that He made in the Sermon on the Mount about what we need to do, He starts to sum it up with, therefore, tying it all together. And that is the link between that command and the Sermon on the Mount. That's the high point of the sermon. Everything else from here on out is a conclusion. And Jesus sums up the entire sermon with that point. He's telling us and talking about changing our lives. And now He says that if you really want to make changes in the way you're living, go out and do this. There's a lot of people that talk about change. There's a lot of people that say, oh, I wish that I I was different. I honestly believe that there are a lot of people that don't want to change. They like, pardon my bluntness, they like the miserable life that they have. And it's very easy for us and easy for me to stand up here and say what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to live. And I know that sometimes I've sat in the pew and I listen to my own sermons and I know that when I hear something that I need to do, I say, yeah, I'm going to do that. But it's very easy for us 
to just let it fall by the wayside as we go out that door. And so therefore, Jesus is telling us that there's a single rule that we need to live by. Certainly we know that the greatest command is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, strength, and mind. The second command is to love thy neighbor as thyself. And I believe that Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12 is a continuation of that statement of loving thy neighbor as thyself. Because if we love our neighbor as ourself, then we're going to do to them what we would want done to us. And so that's something that is very important to think about. And so Jesus is saying that what this means is that God wants us to do. Not sit back and do nothing. So therefore, it's pretty. Therefore, is a very important word in this passage of Scripture. But there are some others. Another one is whatsoever. I believe the King, or New King James says whatever. NIV I know says in everything. But these, what he's trying to tell us is that it, it's all of life. Whatsoever is every aspect of our lives. Jesus is not talking about the worship service, although we would do unto others as we would do when we come to assemble here. We would want to be treated properly. But He's not talking about the worship service or just around the house with your family. He's talking about everything. Everything that you would want done to you in any context of your life. If you want someone to hold a door open for you, then you should hold the door open for someone else. If you want someone to deal with you fairly in business and take good care of you and, 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 and trust you, then you need to do the same thing to the people that you're dealing with. This rule is as broad as your life. In other words, wherever you go, whoever you deal with, whatever situation, this rule applies. You go to work, you go to school, you go to church, you go home, wherever you're at, this rule applies to you. Whatsoever. As I was talking to someone after the earlier service, I said, I really like the way the King James has that word. Whatsoever. Because when I hear whatever, the first thought that comes to my mind is when you tell your kids to do something, they say, whatever. You know, it just doesn't have the same meaning to me. So I like that whatsoever. Because it just seems to include everything, even though whatever does the same thing. But I like the way Jesus says it here and the way it's translated for us. Because whatsoever covers everything. Next word is would. New King James says there that word would be want. And that word describes our actions. Whatever you want people to do to you, that is very important. Therefore, all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you. Whatever you want people to do to you, that is what you should be doing to them. This goes way beyond just meeting their needs. What do you mean by that? It is the obligation of every human being 
to try to meet the basic needs of another human being. We should try to feed a starving man and give shelter to those that are without uh, a shelter. But Jesus, I believe, is going deeper than that. You see, it's easy for us to see a problem. And that's one of the problems that we have, I think, in our country. That we see a problem and what do we do? We pull out our wallet. Here's money. You take care of it. And we feel that, yes, we've taken care of it. And we walk away and we don't do anything else. And I believe that Jesus is saying it's deeper than that. You have to get involved. You have to do something. You have to live a certain way. You have to be involved with people's lives. And that's where it gets hard. It's easy to just dish out the money. And yes, money is important in many of these areas of our lives. But isn't the personal contact, isn't that important also? Don't think that you that, that feeding the hungry fulfills the golden rule. Because in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus did talk about going that second mile. Not just doing what you have to do or what's expected, but as Christians, we're to go beyond. Do you think that that would make a difference in the world that we live in? If every Christian lived up to that responsibility... It has to do with everyday interaction with people around us. This rule is about life at home. It's about life at school. It's about life at work. It's about life at church. It's about the quality of life. I want people to treat me respectfully. Therefore, I need to treat others respectfully. If I want people to trust my judgment, then I need to trust their judgment. <clears throat> All of those things are important. And then we have the word do. The word do is a very important word in that whole verse. And it's probably the most important word in that verse. Because that word changes everything. Do is the strongest word here because truly Jesus wants us to do something, He wants us to be active. Jesus wasn't the first to come up with this principle. I've mentioned this before in other sermons <clears throat> that the Hindu religion, well, they taught, this is a psalm of duty. Do not to others which is done to thee would cause thee pain. The Buddhists teach, hurt not others with that which pains yourself. The Jewish tradition teaches, what is hateful to you, do not to your fellow men. That is the entire law. All the rest is commentary. The Muslim religion teaches, no one of you is a believer until he desires for his brother what he desires for himself. Do you notice anything about any of those uh, teachings? None of them say, go out and do it. Go out and practice it. One's a desire. One's a, or Most of them are, don't do something that hurts somebody. Think about it. If you locked yourself in the house and never speak to another person, you could fulfill all of those teachings 
in those false religions. You haven't done anything to another person that you would find hateful if it were done to you. In fact, you wouldn't have done anything. You think about it as a Christian. We've heard the Gospel. We've obeyed the Gospel if we're a New Testament Christian. We're in a saved condition. We have the right relationship with God. We try our best to maintain that situation, that standing with God. We want to remain in a saved condition. But knowing what that means, wouldn't that mean that we would want to go out and tell someone else about that? Wouldn't we want to share that information with family members? Friends? Maybe people we don't even like. Because we want them to have what we have. Isn't that what God's done for us? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we know that He loved us. He did to us what He wants us to do to Him. He practices golden rule. And so we need to understand that Jesus is teaching us that in order to fill God's wishes, that we must do something. It's not enough just to read it, memorize it, say it sounds good. We are to do what our Lord wants us to do. In other words, we must be active. We must stop and think about what we would like someone to do to us. And then we go and we do that very thing to the people that are close to us, the people that we come in contact with. It is a unique property of Christianity that we are to be an active people. Think about how you want people to treat you. We seek out good that we want to do or we want done to us and then we go do it to others. Jesus' teachings are so unique that if everyone followed them, the world would be a wholly different place. Now, you and I both know that everybody out there in that world, they're not going to want to do these things. Why? Because the devil's active. and People would rather follow the devil's teaching than the Lord's teaching. Why? Because it's easier to follow what the devil says than it is to follow what our Lord says. But that's what the Lord wants us to do. Next word in our verse that we're looking at is to. That word is a direction word. Think about it. If I say that I'm going to go somewhere, you're expecting me to, or you're expecting to hear the direction that I'm headed. So if I say that I'm going to Belleville to the post office, you know that I'm going to head in that direction and I'm going to head to Belleville and that I'm going to the post office in Belleville. When you hear the word to, we're thinking direction. And the reason this word is important because it tells us where to direct the action in this verse. With what he's telling us to do, what is the direction he wants us to go? And we know that we're supposed to go to do, but the two tells us who we're to do it to and where we're to do it 
A marksman is not much of a good marksman if he doesn't have a target. He has to have a target to shoot at, and then you can determine whether he's a good marksman. So Jesus has given us a target. Who's that target? That target is them. That's the object of our action. We're to do to them what we would like done to us, to me. That's the target, them. That's the target, that's those that we're aiming at. Our actions are directed toward others. Not just to God, but to other people. And this is not just Christians that He's talking about. In other words, we're not just to direct the good that we want done just to Christians. Jesus says them. That would include all people. So, we don't have to be you know, one way while we're around church people and another way out in the world. We should be the same everywhere. Wherever we go. That them means everyone. That's the investigation that I wanted us to do this morning. I wanted to remind us of the importance of that passage of Scripture and how it applies to us. And do you see why it's such a big command for us? You see, some people think that it's simple. But when Jesus says that if we really truly want to serve God in every aspect of our lives, we should treat every single person that we meet the same way that we would like to be treated ourselves. You say, well, they've done this to me, so that means that's the way they want to be treated, so I can do that. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that even when they mistreat you, when they've done things to you, you treat them the way you would want to be treated. And that's not easy to do sometimes. And what Jesus is teaching here is huge. And the question that I ask is, how many of us honestly honestly practice this rule. A young boy who had absolutely nothing in life was a Christian and was teased for his faith. People would say, if God loves you, then why doesn't He take better care of you? Why doesn't God tell someone to bring you shoes and a warm coat and better food? The boy thought for a moment, and then he said, I guess he does. I guess he does tell somebody. But somebody forgets. How many times do we forget to practice the golden rule? How many times have you sat in that pew? And I've stood in this pulpit. We've all said, yeah, that's something we want to do. We're going to change. I'm, I'm going to be a different person from here on out. And we walk out that door, and sometimes before we get to the car, maybe before we get home, we forget all about it. Because we find out it's a little harder than we thought it was to make that change. And so we just give up. We forget about it. I heard about a man 
who had to be reminded the hard way. He was walking down a dark street and he met a rough-looking fellow. The man said, Sir, can, could you spare some money for a poor, hungry, homeless individual who has nothing in this world to call his own except for this 38 Special Revolver in my hand? Well, you'd probably give money to someone like that. But that's not what Jesus wants out of us. He doesn't want us to be forced. You know, sometimes we kind of get that uh, self-righteous attitude where we're going to make people do what they're supposed to do. You can't make people do what they're supposed to do. Jesus doesn't make us do what we're supposed to do. He gives us a choice. We need to obey this law, this rule, this command that Jesus gives. But it has to come from the heart. I told you earlier that this verse is called the Golden Rule because Emperor, Emperor Alexander Servius made it written or had it written on a wall in gold. What I didn't tell you is that he was not a Christian. He never became one. He thought this particular teaching of Christ was wonderful, and he spread this rule everywhere that he could. And he commanded people to obey it. But he never obeyed Christ himself. And you know what? You can't keep this rule if you're not a Christian. Because it's only through the power and grace of God that you can do to other people the things that you would want done to you. We need God's help in obeying this. It's easy to say things that we shouldn't say, sound hateful, mean-spirited. It's easy to turn your back on other people. But that's not what Jesus wants us to do. He was our example in living by this rule. You see, He gave His life that we might have life in the hereafter. He left us a model to follow. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God wants us to be saved. And He's demonstrated that love. He wants us to take His message out into the world. Jesus said that we're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. How many of us live like we're the salt of the earth and the light of the world? We're supposed to be different. The world should be able to see that. And our Father, get the glory for the life that we live. I ask you, what are you willing to do to have a relationship with Him? There was a Chinese saying that goes like this. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, Inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. I think that we all realize that there's been times in our lives where we've helped someone and we felt the joy inside of being able to do that. Jesus taught that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I truly believe that that is true and accurate.
Because when we help someone, it brings joy to your heart that you were able to help that individual. And that individual is usually very grateful for what the help or for the help that they've gotten. And so how many of us honestly practice Matthew seven and verse twelve every day in our life? Oh, there's so many temptations, there's so many obstacles, so many troubles, so much negative news that can discourage us. But think about what happened to Jesus. What happened to Him as He lived His life here on this earth? Think about the apostles and what happened to them. We did a study not too long ago that showed most of them died. And some of them died of horrible deaths because of their faith in God and their teachings. Being concerned about those that are lost. True happiness comes from following the teachings of Jesus Christ. Happiness is found in obeying our Lord. This morning, if you need to respond to the invitation, you can come and have a seat up here on the front row. As a Christian, maybe you have not lived as you should. I want to encourage you to do what's right. Don't say sit here in the pew and say, I'm going to make changes. I want to do better. And then as you go out that door, it just kind of floats away. Dedicate yourself to it. Make that commitment. This morning, if you need to respond to the invitation, feel free to do so while we stand and sing.